0: Are you ready?
1: Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did
2: we just become best friends, yep.
1: Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighting them francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp and Robbins Show.
3: Let's do it, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Hopefully, you're coming off a great weekend. David Van Camp with the bad news: prices are going up. But I think we already knew that.
4: Yeah, we already knew that they were going to go up. Uh, I guess it just has come into a little bit more of a focus with this interview that was on Fox Business this morning, mm-hmm. due to rising fuel costs and how they've been sustained. We haven't seen the worst of it yet. We kind of knew that. But in the next uh, 30 to 45 days, according to supermarket chain owner John uh prices are going to get higher in the next two months, and it's it's going to be a lot.
1: Mm. They will continue to rise over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Uh, and, um, and there's no choices. I mean, uh, I would say in the next... 30 to 45 days, you'll see food prices up another 10 percent. But if, if Joe Biden reverses course and opens up North America and yeah. it, what I recommended the North American treaty, energy treaty, we can produce 15 million barrels a day and make North America self-sufficient. And there's no reason we should be making our enemies rich and making the American people yeah. poor.
3: Is it just me? Or is he one of the very few people that have said, here's how much we can produce in this amount of time? Yeah. That gives a much clearer picture to a lot of people. Like, here's what we could be doing. Yeah, a guy in the grocery business figured it out.
5: (laughs) I mean, think about that for a second, right? I mean, all these brains that are out there putting, you know, formulating all these ideas and how we can do this and blah, blah, blah. And this guy goes, okay, here's how.
3: Yes. Hired. That's very helpful, to be honest. Because you just don't hear that very often. It's, well, I mean, the, the pipeline, that's that's a year down the road. But you hear other people saying, well, we could get back to, you know, being self-sufficient when it comes to energy. We just have to get after it. And he's saying, yeah, within, what did he say, months, whatever? Yeah. Yes. That, to me, is very helpful. Thank you. Appreciate it. What's his name again?
4: Uh, John Katsimatidis. Okay.
3: I just want to see if you could say that last name again. Mm-hmm. I think I booted it the first some time. Yes.
5: And paying lots for your groceries. Yes. Is um, a pipeline to turn on.
3: Meanwhile, the Putin price hike doesn't seem to really be resonating with people,
4: they No. No. I mean, you know, Democrats, the Biden administration, they're all desperate to distance themselves from runaway of inflation and the high cost of gas, blaming Big Oil and mostly Putin. It's not working because there just aren't enough stupid people in the country. They know prices were going up before Putin invaded Ukraine. Yes, they did. They knew what the score was ahead of time. They're not that dumb, all right? I thought this was kind of funny. Axios reporter Hans Nichols was on CNN yesterday and actually brought up something we talked about on Friday right after the jobs report dropped. Okay. It's also largely irrelevant. There's one number that they can't really change right now, and that is what the placard says at the local gas station. Yeah. And that number is high, and that's a daily jobs report that voters, that Americans, consumers see every day, <laughs> and there's nothing the White House can do about it other than then bring down the price of gasoline which and,
0: and, and maybe blame Putin and he th- th- this <clears throat> week the tagline was the Putin price hikes or something to that
4: effect look when I um, drive past gas stations to say blame Putin more than they right. say, let's go Brandon I'll know the White House of fit well, the White House I know the White House has been successful in messaging it but I
0: mean,
5: yeah but you know that's really vulgar and childish and
0: yes
3: and she goes on to say yeah we see it in the polling people aren't buying it They're just not. They know better. The prices were up ahead of time. And you can blame the oil companies. You can blame Putin. But most people blame the policies, like 41%, as opposed to what they, you know, blame Putin or the oil companies for. Meanwhile, we're trying to figure out again. Kamala Harris, our vice president, has been on a roll as far as as the McGurkin goes. Oh, my gosh. And McGurkin, Scott termed it years ago now it's to me like political speak and it's a lot of words but it doesn't mean much
5: individually you know what the words mean and but and you read left or right and you speak english but cobbled together filter through the brain of Mamela, you end up with a jumbled nightmarish
3: mess your takeaway is i'm not quite sure what she just said right and well david said it best it's like a kid giving a book report on a book he didn't read So what is the story here? What are we talking
4: about this weekend? Well, she did an interview with MSNBC's Joy Reid. Softball interview, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Joy Reid asked, hey, you know, Joe Biden said that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. Do you agree? Simple, right? Yeah. Yes. Roll it.
6: Do you agree? Listen, I think that you, you framed the point quite accurately and well which is America's policy has been and will continue to be focused on the real issue at hand, which is, one, the needs of the Ukrainian people, which we will continue to support through humanitarian assistance, through security assistance, but also ensuring that there's going to be serious consequence for Vladimir Putin and Russian aggression. As it relates to Ukraine, which is why our policy from the beginning has been about ensuring that Whoa. there are going to be real costs exacted against Russia. Our time out, in just f- a
3: second. Time out. Sorry.
4: Ah. Uh,
3: what?
5: It's so frustrating. Which part? All of it, from beginning to end.
3: I mean, because she's it's not just answering this the question.
5: Endless cycle of nonsense, over and over
3: and over again. I think this point has been brought up before but it really dawned on me listening to part of this interview earlier not even this part she doesn't know how to end a sentence you know that's a great point i hadn't thought about that before it's like a paragraph that's seven lines long but it's one sentence she never stops it's
6: really odd the way she does it. Exacted against Russia in the form of severe sanctions, which we know are having a real impact and an immediate impact, not to mention the, the longer term impact, um, which is about saying there's going to be consequence and accountability.
3: Wait a second. And that's only part one of the clip. But she actually continues that set.
4: Yes, she does. Because it sounds like, right, she's about to pivot to answering the question that was actually asked, right? Yes. No, she doesn't. Okay, keep rolling then.
6: I think the president has been an extraordinary leader. To your point, Joy, I've been to Poland. I was in Romania. I've been to Europe, I think, probably at least three times in the last four months.
3: To your point, she asked the question. Uh, But I think this is the point in the sentence where she will say, here's everything that I've done. Okay, give me some credit, because I'm doing a lot of things. There aren't any results from what I'm doing. doesn't mean much, other than taking off other world leaders and them laughing at us, but I'm doing stuff, okay?
6: Uh, I was in Munich, Germany, where I gave a, a speech at the Munich Security Conference. I was in France before that, speaking with heads of state about this issue among many other issues, oh, but most God. recently about this issue. And I will tell you, in sitting down with prime ministers and presidents, often the first thing they would say to me is thank you to the United States and this administration for bringing us together.
4: Okay. The, the question was, do you agree with the statement that Joe Biden made that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power?
3: Well, I think she answered that, David, when Where? she said
6: about this issue, among many other issues, but most recently about this issue. And
3: right there, she answered it. You can't make that up. Why is it you're sexist and racist toward this vice president? I'm, I'm not. I'm S- trying to figure out what she said. Celebrate her. No, dang it. I will not. OK. Yeah. You know what? Here's a here's a an oldie but a goodie. I just ran across this. Remember before the election, I think it was Peggy Noonan that said, "Listen, I know she is getting all this credit for being the first African American woman, you know, that could be the vice president." And Noonan's point was, the problem is it's embarrassing because there are so many other women that would be great for this job, and she's just not it. That's the problem. And Claire McCaskill. One of your favorites from Missouri, David. Oh, yeah. Democrat uh, was on MSNBC. And boy, this is one she probably wishes she had back.
6: Kamala Harris is anything but embarrassing. <laughs> she is uplifting. She is inspirational. She is strong and substantial. And she's going to be one hell of a vice president.
3: Yeah. Well, that's true. She is one hell of a vice president. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but... Oh, by the way, and she was on with Nicole Wallace. Who looked sad, by the way, during this. Of course, she looks sad all the time. And and she was uplifted by what Claire said at that time. I
6: have never loved you more. (laughs) I never loved you more, Claire McCaskill. Thank you so much. Perfectly put. It was so
3: perfectly put. Yeah, it was. Okay, let's move on. Hey, is it possible Twitter is actually going to respect free speech in the future because of what's happened? Elon Musk became Twitter's largest shareholder. How about that, huh? What do you think, David? Is it going to mean anything at all? He was just I, teasing last week, do we need an alternative to Twitter because we got to have free speech?
4: Uh, I mean, he's a passive shareholder, and so I, I don't know how much change he would be able to affect or if he even wants to. I mean, he's going to make money off of Twitter.
3: Yes, he is. Shares surged about 26% in pre-market trading after the regulator filing released well, today detailing that Elon Musk buying this holding, the stake, is worth about $2.89 billion. And it was just last week he was talking about free speech being essential to a functioning democracy. And he asked the question to people, do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? The consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. And it was 70% of people saying, no, Twitter doesn't stand for free speech. So he does have that a bit in his back pocket. Does Twitter really want him to create an alternative to Twitter?
4: Oh, definitely not. No.
3: And this is just anecdotal. This isn't any sort of research. But it's interesting when I'm talking to different friends that, you know, might lean a little left. I'm not talking about far left, but just may lean either independent or or a bit left. When you get on the topic of Elon Musk, it seems like he is well-respected, Unless you're far left. Would you agree? Or is that just from people yeah, I talk to?
4: I think he's an interesting guy. I mean, a lot of liberals don't like him, but they can never actually articulate why they don't like him.
3: Fair. I think that could really be something if he came up with an alternative to Twitter. So I think that would be fantastic. Or if he can change the way Twitter currently is. They just shut down people they don't like. Um, you know, much like they did the Hunter Biden story. Mm-hmm. You know, right before the election. Speaking of which, it's damage control now with Hunter Biden and the laptop. I don't know if you heard about what was said over the weekend. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Joe Biden is confident that his son didn't break the law. Healy.
4: Yeah. Boy, this is kind of interesting, isn't it? This whole chain of events. Oh, yeah. No, nothing, nothing to see here. Oh, by the way, the Justice Department is actually looking into it. But Joe Biden wasn't directly involved. Okay, maybe he was, but don't worry about it. Uh, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain was actually asked about the ongoing investigation into the president's son, Hunter Biden. Now that the New York Times and Washington Post have confirmed the story that was reported a year and a half ago about this laptop where there were documents on it that showed some, let's just say, shady business dealings around the world. This guy's Correct. making millions of dollars in places like China and Ukraine yes, uh, trading on the family name. Uh But now that the New York Times and the Washington Post have confirmed that that was real, not Russian disinformation, which is what we were told in October of 2020, it's safe safe for the media to ask about it. So little George Stephanopoulos on ABC's This Week asked the White House chief of staff, Ron Klain, about it.
2: Of course, the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. Uh, but most importantly, as I said, that's a matter that's going to be decided by the Justice Department, by the legal process. It's something that no one at the White House has involvement in. The Washington Post also reported this week on deals that Hunter Biden had with a Chinese energy company paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter and the president's brother. Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines? Uh, George, the president is confident that his uh, family did the right thing. But again, I want to just be really clear. These are actions by uh, Hunter and his brother. They're private matters. They don't involve the president. And they certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in.
5: How come nobody ever talks to his brother, by the way?
3: He won't talk to anybody.
5: Floyd
4: or Gene or Bob
5: or whatever James, the hell is. James, yeah. James, but yeah. He,
4: no, I mean, that guy was, uh, well, I can't remember all the details of it, but basically health care providers in Florida. Yeah. He was saying, hey, invest in my company because when my brother is president, I'm going to get you a seat at the table when it comes to health care reform. Yes. These guys are scam artists, and you cannot oh, you cannot convince me that Joe Biden wouldn't know anything about it. No, that's BS.
3: And you know what? I hope all these media members are held accountable, at least by people that watch. Like, if you have friends that only watch CNN or MSNBC right. or think that democracy dies in darkness with the Washington Post or the failing New York Times, remember, okay, the only reason they're doing this now is because the indictment's coming down out of Delaware. Because it's getting presented to a grand jury. And it goes back to 2014. This was under Obama. This is when they first started investigating Hunter Biden about taxes and deals. I mean, this is when it all started. They want to make it seem like, well, just Trump was after, you know, there's any sort of dirt they could get on Hunter Biden. This goes way back. It's just continuing now. But it is interesting. How long does it take to get evidence like this? It's crazy. And speaking of the Wayback Machine, this is like a two-minute clip. I'll just give you 30 seconds. What Was it Gravian? Somebody put together a montage of CNN right before the election about Hunter did nothing wrong. Oh. Russian disinformation. There's no evidence that Hunter Biden has done anything wrong.
6: There is no evidence of any wrongdoing between uh, uh, by Biden, by Joe Biden or by Hunter Biden. There's no evidence that Joe Biden actually did anything wrong or did anything to sway things in Hunter Biden's favor. He's denied that his son
4: ever lobbied him for anything. There is
0: nothing, Hunter,
4: there is nothing wrong that Vice President
0: Biden did.
3: President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you. There is no evidence that anybody did anything illegal.
5: I ah, mean, uh, the most
3: trusted name in news. Dude, that goes on for another minute Golly. and a half. That's all CNN. Yeah. Unreal. Robbins, you watched the Grammys last night. You enjoyed it.
5: I did. Well, I mean, a couple of performances. I, thought, I think Bruno Mars is great, by the way.
3: I didn't see any of it, so I'll take your word for it. I've seen him, you know... Not live, but on TV. Yeah, he's good. Yeah,
5: there's actual guitars on stage. At one Whoa. point, I know, one Lonnie Kravitz was there.
3: Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, how long is that show? Three hours? Yeah, about three hours. I still can't see investing that much time for two performances.
5: Well, the cool thing was I didn't see anything political. What? I didn't hear anything political. I didn't see anything wow. political from any of the. I mean, I, did, I saw none of that, which was rare.
3: Wow. You know what? Somebody had a cool response. Uh... Eddie Van Halen's son, Wolfgang, released an album. He was up for a Grammy. Foo Fighters won everything. Um, But he said, well, his dad didn't win the first time he was nominated, too, so it looks like I'm following his footsteps. (laughs) Still got a night uh, with his two girls, meaning his girlfriend and his mom, which was pretty cool. Okay, Will Smith. That slap was because of white supremacy. Next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. I'm Jamie Markley. The gen Xer. That's David Van Camp, the Millennial, the sexy Boomer, with the Kansas Jayhawks hoodie. Is Scott Rock Robbins. Chalk,
5: baby? Go get him tonight, yeah, guys. Mr.
3: Bandwagon. Okay, let's go. Russian soldiers were killed by pastries. Did you hear this story? Yes, poison-laced pastries made by Ukrainians. It's pretty genius. Wow.
5: A, a, a page from the playbook of Russian spies.
3: Right. Pretty much so. So if you saw any of the coverage, especially yesterday and today, it's horrific what you're seeing as far as civilians being killed, shot in the back of the head, um, bodies all over, mm. mass graves, war crimes, and then the question is, well, what else is going to be done? Because there are some people, and I understand it, saying, we've got to do more, meaning, We as the world, not just the United States. And then you follow that out and ask the question, Okay, what else is going to be done? Anybody have an answer?
4: No. No, I saw I think it was Ali Velshi, uh, Velshi, I mean, on MSNBC, who was uh, the first person high profile in corporate media that I'd seen advocating for U.S. troops on the ground in Ukraine. I think that is getting floated out there a little bit more,
1: mm-hmm.
4: but I don't think anybody has the appetite for it. It's one of those things that it's awful, but is it worth American blood to go That's in just it. and yeah. fight for the Ukrainians?
3: That's just it. And, I mean, I know this is on a much bigger scale. It's been talked about plenty of times before. There are atrocities that happen in the world every day, unfortunately. And then in the conversation... Becomes, well, are we going to be the world police? And we've sort of gone down this road before. It's just, it's tough to watch. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think the polling's changed as far as people wanting American troops there. Like, we need to stay out of that. It's not our fight. Oh, we'll see where that goes. Meanwhile, Will Smith still in the news. Probably will be for a little while. Might be losing some jobs is the news. Now, there's a little bet we have. Scott Robbins yeah. is saying what? That you think he'd done.
5: Well, yeah, I mean I I do because I mean everybody's turned on him,
3: everybody. What I'm just thinking he's going to go on the apology tour. Yeah. And I think he can make the case as a sympathetic figure. I really do. Mhm. Because of the relationship with his wife. I mean, for people that don't know about that, I mean, it's this sort of open relationship. Have you ever seen the Red Table talk with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith? Yeah.
5: It's uncomfortable to watch.
3: Absolutely. Uh. She's talking about the entanglement with the rapper. With some rapper, yeah. And finally, he's saying, you mean the relationship. Entanglement, relationship, whatever. It's like she's not quite owning it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Dude was emasculated in front of the world. And again, when we watched The Slap, You know, when he hit Chris Rock, he was laughing at the joke until he saw his wife Mm -hmm. and then overreacted. So I think if he goes out on the apology tour, it it will probably be accepted. I wish he apologized to Chris Rock again over the weekend. Did he? I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. But the news is that he was supposed to do a movie for Netflix called Fast and Loose. It got shelved, at least for now. Um, And that also seems to be the case for Bad Boys 4.
4: Are you disappointed?
5: Well, that could be the best news he's had
1: for a while.
4: (laughs) Bad Boys 4, about a couple of cops who play by nobody's rules but their own. That's right. Has been canceled because a guy played by nobody's rules but his own? (laughs) Correct. That's dumb. Yeah.
3: Anyway, and then there was a movie called Emancipation for Apple. It's in post-production. It was supposed to come out sometime this year, but there's no release date, so don't know about that. So we got, what, a $5 bet? that a major motion picture will be released in the next year with Will Smith in it. Yes. We will see. By that. the way,
5: who gets the first interview? Who do you think gets it? Who? Is that a Gail it. King thing again? or?
3: Uh, could be Robin Roberts.
5: Could be Robin Roberts, yeah. Because uh-huh. you know that's going to be a primetime special when it happens.
3: I mean, th- this now, it's gone to this other area where we might bring Oprah in.
4: Ooh, that's true. Could be. Yeah. I'd bet on Michael Strahan. Really? Yeah.
3: Wow. I'm not going to bet on that, but that's interesting. Uh, maybe Leslie Stahl. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, there's one thing you should know. Okay, why did this happen? I mean, I think we have an idea, but maybe your ideas were wrong. Maybe it's about white supremacy.
5: No. You predicted this. I yeah. Did. You yeah.
4: predicted this. <laughs> yeah, PBS did a deep dive on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and to do so, they brought on a professor named Aisa nefertari yulin who says this is obviously a reaction to racism. It's a rich black man hitting a rich white man, but it's white supremacy.
3: Okay. Well, he... You mean hitting another rich black man? Yes. Okay. I was making sure. It was like, did Will Smith slap someone else too? That I missed. It was just Chris Rock, right? It's never okay. the first time. Okay, yeah. here we go.
0: I think that any time we witness violence, we need to understand that from um, a place where we recognize the emotional, psychological state that's driving this physical response to a trigger. And Will Smith was definitely triggered that night. But I think in the broader context Gosh. of American society, we need to understand what was happening there. It's really rooted and steeped in a 400-year commitment.
7: Stop it. Stop. Oh,
5: man. <laughs> it's worse than I thought. Holy cow.
3: <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that it was some big flyer when I wrote down 10 takes before last Monday's show, just random thoughts that I had, and one of them, I'm trying to remember exactly how I wrote it at the time, See, yeah, I'm expecting some idiot on the left to have a take that white supremacy caused this. Okay. It's, that's easy to predict. No. Okay, because everything's going to be racist. Everything. It just is. But this 400 years that led to this moment is something really rich. Okay. That's really nice.
0: ...to black erasure, black marginalization, black... Okay,
3: time out. Let's go back to where we were before that to understand the continuation of that sentence.
0: ...really rooted and steeped in a 400-year commitment to black erasure, black marginalization, black silencing, and the stereotyping of black people. All of that was present in a visceral, felt, and real way in the infamous slap. (laughs)
5: How? (laughs) Holy cow. Poor Will Smith carrying 400 years of oppression on his shoulders.
4: When, When the first slave arrived in America, that's when this whole thing started.
3: Got it. And it all built to that moment right there. It wasn't some dude that was just feeling like, if I don't stand up right now, I'm going to hear it from this woman for weeks. I have to do something. I was laughing at the joke. I was on camera laughing at the joke. I got to do something now. It wasn't that. It was 400 years of racism. Okay. So anytime somebody is punching another dude over a female, which has happened since the beginning of time, Mm -hmm. what is that rooted in? Because didn't she said every form of, Violence is rooted somewhere. Violence, that?
0: we need to understand that yes. from um, a place where we recognize the emotional, psychological state that's driving this physical response to a trigger. Yeah. He's hitting on my lady. <laughs> that's it.
3: Boom. That's what happens sometimes.
5: Well, the trigger is this woman that's sitting next to me has emasculated me. Has stripped me of my manhood. Yeah. So i got to take a stand right now Hmm. in order to right myself. in in the eyes of the world, as not being
3: that guy. And, you know, the other part is, I think, I really do think that he is still trying to win her heart. I didn't quite get that until you see part of that red table talk between the two of them. I think for a lot of people, they think, my gosh, Will Smith, the guy could have almost any woman he wanted, within reason, who's not already taken, say, above the age of 30, Supermodel, whatever. I mean, he could do very well for himself. Yes. Right. People ask the question, "Why would you hang around with this nonsense from this woman?" I understand you had two kids with her, but by Hollywood standards, who cares about that? You move on to the next hottest thing. That's the way it's played in L.A. for a long, long time. You know, as
5: somebody once said, if you if you lose half of a hundred million, you still got fifty million. Yeah. Lose half of 600 you only got 300 That That makes a difference.
3: That's a big deal. Well, and, you know, when you throw in the Scientology part of this whole thing, which they, uh, you know, have been a part of, at least to some degree, right? Yeah. Okay. Then you ask the question, what do they have on him? Or what do they have on him that makes him have to stay? I don't know that that's it. We really don't know. No. But from the way he came off in that... Red Table Talk. I think he really does, like, want to win her over in some sort of way. You know what I mean? It's a, it's crazy. And you know what? I I don't know if it happened to you over the weekend. People still want to talk about it. They're like, what was your take on that? And they want to give their take. And everybody thinks of something different within this thing. It's, it's fascinating in a way. Okay. Top American foods that foreigners crave when they leave the United States. Just happened to see this random poll what do you think it would be
4: hot dogs that's a good
3: actually that's
5: really good that's a good guess
3: that's a it's a pretty good answer burgers in the top 10 uh, nope steak no
1: hmm
3: American barbecue that's a little different yeah,
1: yeah.
3: it's Americanized Chinese food that's number one no kidding yes yeah. it is pretty okay. good. You know, we've talked about this before, and sometimes you'll get ripped for it if you're just being honest. Like, I don't like when they say authentic Chinese. I kind of like the American version of Chinese food. And I'm the same way with Mexican food. (laughs) I like American Mexican food. Not when they say authentic. That's not, I just don't like it. Right. You get ripped on for it, but if you're just being honest, that's what it is. That was the second thing people said. Great Mexican food from America.
4: That's That's what America does, man. It takes things and makes them better.
3: Some would say less healthy. It tastes better. But but it tastes better. Yes. And then people said maple syrup.
4: No kidding. Oh, man, that'll really tick off the Canadians. Yes, it
3: will. And then fourth was (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Are you serious? Yes. Chick-fil-A. Yes. I'll be damned.
5: How about that? It's not everywhere.
3: The other food joints people mentioned were Wendy's. In and Out Burger, Taco Bell, and Cracker Barrel.
1: Mmm, gravy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. this oh. the checkers. Mozzarella sticks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What? Latinos in Florida moving towards the Republican Party? What? We'll get to that much more coming up. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, this is very interesting, David.
4: What's yeah. happening in Florida? Well, Latino support for Democrats is starting to soften in Florida, just like we've seen in Texas, as inflation is replacing COVID as the top worry. Axos Ipsos Latino poll, uh, in partnership with Noticias Telemundo, shows this. Well played. Uh and Governor Ron DeSantis stands to benefit. the survey the, the survey doesn't quite show this mass defection to the Republican Party, but DeSantis' favorability among La- Latinos has improved by seven percentage points between December and March. That's a pretty sizable jump. Is there a theory as to why? A lot of it is because of business, because of inflation. Yeah. And right now, what are the Democrats actually focused on? One, telling you that inflation isn't real or that you just don't understand how great the economy is. They've literally said that. It's Uh fault. Yeah. Uh, and then also Democrats are going all in on this idea that teachers should be, what, teaching little or talking to little kids about their genitals.
3: Yes, they are.
7: <sighs>
3: People are looking into that, finding out what's really in the bill or reading the bill. They're like, it seems completely reasonable. Why are these people freaking out? It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's all of that. I'm not surprised. No. And it's a good thing to see. I mean, the more the Democratic Party keeps going far left, the more in trouble they're going to be. It's so out of step with most people in America. And I think they're
4: waking up to the media has been lying to them for a long time. Did you see the game changer of a digital billboard campaign that New York has unleashed? No, what? They're buying billboards in five Florida markets uh, saying that if you come to, if you're gay, you should move to New York City because you can say whatever you want in New York City. Oh, my goodness. Well, (laughs) hilarious.
3: That is hilarious. Wow. Oh, I happened to see this. It was sent to me um, because we had some April Fool's fun here the other day. Yeah. And it was what? Yeah, a little bit of fun, yes. Uh, more on that in a second. It, it just said, if you pulled any of these April Fool's Day pranks, you're a jerk. That's what most people would say. And, and so I look at it, and I'm like, okay, would I be considered a jerk then by these standards from the prank we pulled on Robbins the other day? Well, pantsing them in public didn't do that. No. I've had it happen to me. Oh, yeah. David, you looked at me like, what? It was, it was when I was younger, my brother. Ah, okay. Yeah. At a mall. Sweatpants. Boom, down in front of everybody. Jerk. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Catfishing someone, didn't do that. No. Fake a proposal, a breakup, or pregnancy, didn't do that. Had that done to me before. Um, Messing with someone's phone settings or contacts, didn't do that. No. Or messing with someone's food or drink, didn't do that either. No. Okay, so I'm not a jerk. And I think even people you talked to over the weekend, Scott, said, hey, that was funny. Well, the,
5: everybody seemed to like it. Uh, there were some people like, hey, I know it was at your expense. Sorry about that. But it was funny.
3: And, again, we just had a friend of ours from Compass Media Network send Scott and David and I an email that for future promo announcements, they didn't want Scott's voice on it because he had been too anti-vax and too mean. Right, which wasn't true. but Well, and you reacted. Accordingly. Very, very angrily. You know, at least part of it i've
5: been too hard on anti-vaxxers no i haven't yeah i've never been hard on. i am like you're gonna want to get it get it i don't give a f- <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was just part of it Cheaper. Yeah, f- or do we just let scott know right now this is april fools that's april fools are you f- kidding me F <laughs> <laughs> you guys <laughs> see do you feel the love this is the mark the van <laughs> camp and robin
1: show
3: Okay, so you fill your tank, right? You see how much it costs. You get irritated. Who do you blame? Do you blame anybody? You say, you know, this is just the way it is. Is it that Putin?
4: That son of a... I don't think I've once thought that. Is it the oil companies? I've never once thought that either. Nobody's buying that. No one. Because as much as they want to try to make Putin price hike a thing... It, it it people are not that dumb because they knew prices were going up before putin invaded ukraine
3: that's just it it's like the joe biden sticker
6: yeah. with him pointing
3: at the price on i did that yeah like that never existed before russia invaded ukraine that's so funny like it he never read, he read
5: my mind cuz i'm trying to remember the first time i saw that at the pump yes and i believe it was this last fall is when I saw it for the first time. Maybe summer.
3: Yeah, I could. People would take pictures of it, yes. send it to me from right. all over the place. It was yeah. hilarious. It's like it never existed, and all of a sudden, uh, it's not that. And I mean, even CNN is admitting. Yet, yeah, no one's buying this. This was Abby Phillip yesterday on CNN.
0: Take a look at this Quinnipiac poll. Americans just don't buy that this is related to the war to the war in Ukraine and and most of it frankly is not. Um 41% say it's Biden's policies, just 24% say the war in Ukraine, 24% also say uh you know the oil and gas companies are raising prices. But hold on, do you you're on CNN? Shish. Did you forget your role mm-hmm. here? The White House is trying to do to do both. Blame Putin, blame the oil and gas companies, but Americans just
3: don't agree. Shh. Yeah, I know. But you you're not supposed to say that. Right. You're supposed to be carrying the water. they get rid of the demand thing?
5: You know, less demand during the uh during COVID, and all of a sudden the demand rises. Well the prices are naturally gonna go up. Yeah. They quit selling that one, I think.
3: Yes. But They've tried w- a number of different things. Yeah, oh yeah. Not working. No. Um Kamala Harris, she was out and about. We talked about that a little bit earlier. She was in Greenville, Mississippi. Oh, boy. Um, And she did a one-on-one with Joy Reid on MSNBC. Which, you know, okay, softball here, right? Mm -hmm. You you know what's coming. It's Joy. It's friendly to the administration. This is a chance for Kamala to turn this thing around because she has booted it time and time again. She talks in circles. It's sort of McGurkiny. Meaning it's a bunch of words, but she doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And so as they're out there to talk about, hey, the Biden administration cares about small business because in Greenville, Mississippi, like a lot of towns, small businesses have been killed over the last couple of years. So that's why she's there. Right. Joy puts it on a T for Kamala. Why don't you tell the people why? Why are you here in Greenville? Let's listen together.
6: Well, the reason I'm here is because there are people here who matter, right? And when you look at a place like Greenville, Mississippi, with a population of about 30,000 people, we're talking about families, we're talking about children, we're talking about people with aspirations and dreams for themselves, for their community.
3: Because that's specific to towns like Greenville. Yeah, The big cities and the super small towns, they don't have
4: that. I mean, if you go two towns over in Mississippi, you'll find a town with a population of 30,000 where it's just older, single adult males who have no aspirations. It's called Hunter Bidenville.
3: (laughs) (laughs) See, this is different because
4: we're talking about families
3: and people (laughs) with dreams. Okay, anyway, go ahead, Kamala.
6: And they deserve to be seen and they deserve to be heard. And we cannot expect... People to knock on our door, to have to come to us in order for us to be responsive to their needs.
3: That makes sense? What? You can't expect people to just come knocking at their door at the White House saying, hey, what about us? We need to go to them.
5: Isn't that why you have a Congress critter from, <laughs> from your neck of the woods? Senator representing your state? Don't we have representatives who are their job is to do that
3: for you? Sure, but we want people to know we care, Joe and I, together. Golly. Okay? Just so ponderous. If you thought that was ponderous, wait. Okay. The best part, we haven't played yet. Keep going.
6: So I am here um, because this is a community in the Mississippi Delta that has a a, a long history of, of being part of America's history, um, including having the needs that, that should be met, such as access to capital for small businesses, mm-hmm. such as access to high-speed Internet. Um, and so I'm here to, to to speak with folks and and to celebrate who they are.
3: Celebrate
5: it. Well, okay? celebrating people without high-speed Internet.
3: But they have dreams, and they deserve and they, to be right, heard.
5: Desires and dreams,
3: yeah. And everybody gets a ribbon or a trophy, and they deserve it. And uh, you know this town here, this town, is a part of what what history again? Uh, because
6: this is a community, yeah, in the Mississippi Delta, right. That has a a, a long history of of being part of America's history.
4: <laughs> it's a, it's it's an American city that has a long history of being an American city. American
5: city, okay, cool.
4: Yeah. yeah. You know questions? what's crazy about that too? What is that? The clips I've seen put out by MSNBC. Yes. Were edited down. These were condensed clips. Yes.
1: To you try to make her the look raw footage better. Oh my
4: gosh, man. Yes.
3: And by the way, just so you know, you laughing. Rudely at the vice president?
6: Kamala Harris is anything but embarrassing. <laughs> okay. She is uplifting. She is inspirational. Oh, she is strong and substantial, and she's going to be one hell of a vice president.
3: Claire McCaskill before the election. Victory! Like no, you celebrate her too because she deserves to be celebrated. Everyone does. For showing up. That's correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what? Switching gears. Uh, I will celebrate Tiger Woods if he plays at the Masters this week, coming back from that injury. You and me both. It would be crazy. I mean, leg shattered, almost lost his leg. He might play at the Masters. he have been practicing since it's a game-time decision. Okay. Robbins, you watch the Masters. You're not a big golf guy, but you'll watch the Masters. I, I watch a lot of golf, yeah. And you like the Masters. I do. So if it's Tiger, you're like, wow, this would be really cool. Well, the audience will be huge. Yeah, what a story. What a comeback. David, you could care less about golf? Yeah. Does it matter at all if Tiger is in?
4: I'm not, I'm not going to sit and watch it, but, I mean, it'll be kind of interesting if he were to do well.
3: Okay. So if all of a sudden, I mean, we're <laughs> almost streaming here, that if you were to actually get in it and be competitive and be in it Sunday afternoon, would you tune into
4: that? No. Okay.
5: Oh, man, I will. I think it'll be record ratings for golf. Record yeah, if he's in the hunt on Sunday, oh forget my it,
4: man. Yeah,
3: yeah, that would be pretty crazy.
5: Yeah, I hope I hope it is. I
3: would love to see it because I'm a fan. But still, that's it would really be something. Um, I saw this Swedish study because they're still talking about vaccine passports, like the World Health Organization. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, like you are watching the Final Four over the weekend. They're like, there's no mask anywhere, which is good, right? You know who had a mask on? Who? Roy Williams. Oh, that's right. I stand corrected. Yeah. that was. It
5: stuck out, though.
3: The old North Carolina coach. Yeah. He's older.
5: He might have some preexisting condition I don't know about.
3: I don't, don't know. Yeah. I guess I was thinking about all the camera people. No, you're right. People working for the network. Because mm-hmm. it used to be for a while you'd see basketball players uh, not wearing them, but maybe, you know, people that are at their computers, you know, and have court, something like that. But it seems like we're past it for the most point. Yeah. Or for the most part. I I would agree with that. But after seeing the story, like, okay, so the World Health Organization, if you're going to be traveling to different countries, they're still talking about a vaccine passport. Well, in Sweden, after a study, like it took a study, they're saying, hey, if we're going to do a vaccine passport, it should recognize natural immunity.
5: Well, Yes! yes. We've been saying that since the start of this thing. Natural immunity, for some reason, doesn't count.
3: Which is crazy. And as far as the research goes, the more research that's done is the natural immunity is a huge part of it. You know, of course. Yes. So why is it, I just had this thought this morning, you know, all these months later, that Fauci would never really recognize natural immunity, okay? And if you say, you know, the dude's got ties to pharmaceutical industry. Okay, a lot of people benefiting off Moderna, Pfizer, making gobs of money. Okay, conspiracy. Can anyone explain why Fauci never wanted to talk about natural immunity? Have you ever heard an explanation, David?
4: I think he would say that the risk of getting like seeking out and getting a natural infection would outweigh any risks associated with the vaccine. So in other words, if you're in a high risk category for covid, uh, why would you want to roll the dice getting covid versus just getting the vaccine, which then you can have this apparently never ending, you know, supply of boosters and whatnot. But that getting the infection itself would be more detrimental.
3: But as far as if you've already had it, Mm -hmm. do you need to be vaccinated? What about the natural immunity? Love that extra step of protection. But he would never give credence to just no. if you're if you have natural immunity, you don't need to get vaccinated. You would you would be able to get a, quote, vaccine passport in the cities that required those. But Mm. it would just never roll that way. Mm -mm. There's no explanation for it still to this day. I'll say it again. I hope all of that comes out at some point in time. I hope you're right. Because it's. There are so many different things you look back on that happened over the last few years that are just completely inexplicable, you know? Anyway. No,
2: definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Remember,
3: that was before they rolled them out, of course. (laughs) Yeah. All the stories changed at different points in time. Okay. Other stuff to get to. Uh, April Fool's prank, free beer for life. Uh, It backfired. They're in trouble. We'll get to that and a news update coming up. Markley, Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp.
4: Oh Well, you know, we're going to be hearing the uh, final bit of the confirmation proceedings from uh, for the Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Yes. Uh, so, you know, big week on that front. It looks like it's kind of a foregone conclusion that this will happen uh, since Republicans just don't have the votes to stop it. Uh, now, Politico had an article talking about the likely confirmation of Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court uh, and said this. Ketanji Brown-Jackson will likely be confirmed as the first black Supreme Court justice by the end of the week. What? Clarence huh? Thomas, Thurgood Marshall, unavailable for comment on that. So they they wound up uh, changing the headline at first saying this has been corrected to reflect that Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson would be the first black female Supreme Court justice. Well, wait a minute. Uh, But the article, at least at first, still said she would be the first black Supreme Court justice. (laughs) So they've had a lot of cleanup going on with that. I take issue with the female thing. Why is that, Scott? We are gender
5: fluid in this society, sir. Oh. It's true.
3: We can't celebrate women anymore. No. Wait a second. We just got done with, wasn't it Women's History Month? Yes, March?
4: Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: I. Isn't April Black Women's History Month?
4: Is it? I don't know. I think so. I, it, I'm
3: sorry, I can't keep them straight. Forgive me.
4: You know, I've, I've seen it floated out there that perhaps, just perhaps... If Clarence Thomas really wanted to do something, change his name to Clarice Thomas. (laughs) There you go. Like, today, and then he is the first black female and trans Mm -hmm. Supreme Court justice.
5: Because he could change it back the following
4: day. Right.
3: Oh, my gosh. You know, you think back to Clarence Thomas, when he was being questioned on so many different things, and people making it out now like, you know what? Um Donji Brown Jackson face we'd never seen before. Like, are you kidding me? Just in the last few years? Really? Yeah. Then you go back to Clarence Thomas and it's that incredible moment in time.
2: Did you ever use the term long, dawn, silver in conversation with Professor Hill? Had you
3: No, Senator. No, Senator.
5: I forgot all about that.
3: I wondered if he did yeah. No one talks about it anymore. No. Do you remember how crazy that was?
5: Oh yeah. Remember the pubic hair in the glass?
3: Oh God. remember that one? That was part of it too. <laughs> Jeez. You remember that? I had forgotten about yeah. that too. Yeah, it it tends to be if it was a conservative, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. black, white, if if they got, you know, put through the ringer, oh we'll forget about that. But any time it's somebody from the left going for the Supreme Court, remember how they just got almost tortured with the questions they were
4: being asked. And if you look at the history of Supreme Court confirmation proceedings there is only one party that has consistently almost unanimously voted against up until this point, uh, uh, voted against the conservative nominee and that's the Democrats Republicans historically had kind of gone along with with Democrat nominees. Won't happen this time
3: yeah, and that's when we get the lecture about, you know, our politics now. Just, you know, we just need to come together. No. <laughs> I know. But that's that's what we hear a lot. Um, I had talked about this briefly, a new study out. Couples with joint bank accounts are more likely to stay married. This was a new study at Cornell. Mm. Any idea why?
5: Well, I suppose you couldn't be shifty with the finances if you knew your spouse had access to the same information you have.
4: Well, it's not only that. I think you just, you both can hold each other accountable a little bit more with the money on the financial side. So there isn't one moment where things kind of blow up. Like, what do you mean you have this much debt or whatever? You kind of know where everybody stands. The yeah, that part, was a nicer way.
3: Yeah. Well, the other part, at least what they said, is the people that did have the joint account, tended to use terms more like we, us, our, instead of I, me, my. So you're sort of, you know, kind of like all in instead of, yeah, what about mine? But yeah, you're more likely to stay together that mm-hmm. way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. So, quick pause there. You know, but I mean, yeah, it doesn't mean people don't fight about it. Just because you have a joint account, as David said, I mean, you're still fighting over the budget. I don't know that that ever ends.
4: Isn't it, though? It's a bunch of little fights, though, because that's just how it is. People have sometimes differing interests. What should we do here? What should we do with this money? Yes. As opposed to the, uh, by the way, my bank account's down to like $5. Can I have some money? Right. That opens up an entirely different can of worms.
3: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, and just in time for Easter, quick note, uh, Peep's ice cream. Is now in stores. Mm. It's yellow. Does it sound good? Blue sprinkles, Scott. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't mind occasional peep or two. A mental health crisis among teens. David with that story and much more next. Van Camp and Robin show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. Sexy Boomer. Scott Roberts. Okay, David, lay this out. Knew it was uh, going to happen. We've done it for a while. Mental health crisis among teens.
4: Yeah, this is just one of those things that it makes me see red because this was so predictable. That as a result of school closures, depending on where you live, some of them lasted for a long time. Some of them, some people are still living under the threat of having their schools closed. It's insanity <laughs> Yeah, uh, over COVID because it was pretty clear by fall of 2020 that you could reopen schools safely. Agreed. You could do it. Uh, But they didn't want to. Now, over a third of high school students in the United States reported experiencing poor mental health during the pandemic. Nearly half of students, 44 percent, reported feeling persistently sad or hopeless in the past year. Female high school students were, of course, very uh, much more affected by this. I say, of course, because that tends to be the demographic that also struggles with social media.
3: Yes, like anecdotally, like mm-hmm. my daughters, they're friends. They've heard stories about this for sure.
4: Yeah. Uh, the data found that the pandemic's impact on parents' jobs and mental health was also fed by, uh, felt by students. 55% reporting experiencing emotional abuse by a parent or another adult in the home.
1: Yeah, I, where...
3: I'll be honest, man. I take that with a grain of salt because yeah. emotional abuse is a different thing depending on... Who it is? It could be really true, and it was awful, or it could have been. Get off your phone and do something productive. Right, uh, it's abuse. You just don't know. Again, depending on who was saying it. Is that pretty much the story?
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and you know they keep talking about Democrats. I mean, they keep talking about trying to put a band aid on this by saying, well, we need to hire more mental health professionals for schools and whatnot. Okay, that's all fine and good, but step one, you somehow figure out, I don't know how you would legally do it at the federal level, but the message has to be schools in a situation that is an emergency like what we saw with the pandemic, schools are the last ones to close and the first ones to open. It's not a lack of counselors that has led to this crisis among young people. It's no. a lack of adults willing to stand up and do the right freaking thing and do their jobs.
3: Totally agree. I mean, we're being lectured right now how much we have to sacrifice to help the people in Ukraine. Yeah. Right. Okay. If we're going to go down that road, why didn't so many people want to sacrifice for our kids to get them back to school so they wouldn't not only have a huge pause in learning, but to also protect their mental health? We knew very early on, kids especially, were at incredibly low risk of dying from COVID. It's a different thing if you had a kid with some sort of comorbidity. That's different. But the overwhelming number of kids were safe to go to school. And adults kept them from doing it. And a lot of times for financial gain, for leverage. It's disgusting. First thing you got to do is recognize that and not let that ever happen again. It is, man. I I think there are a lot of people that are very upset about it. I think we're only scratching the surface of what we know. Know what happened with suicides. What is it going to be long-term as far as kids just with being so far behind in their learning?
5: Yeah, I think you're going to see that in the years to come. You're going to notice that the decrease during this time. Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't the argument that, well, but if they get it, it's not so much the kids. as they take it home and then... Mom and dad get it. Grandparents get it.
3: And where was the proof of that?
5: Well, uh, I mean, no,
3: I, I I understand that, but that was the argument. I understand. Early yeah. on, yeah. you certainly could go along with it. As David said, by the fall of 2020. I'm not even saying that spring when it was a, a couple of weeks, the solar spread, and then all the schools just said, we're going to bail on the rest of the year. Because yeah. all the kids were pretty much out of school by what? March 15th, somewhere in there? Yeah. 2020 Mm -hmm. so if you just go along with okay they lost the rest of the learning that year but by the fall they could have been back in the classroom and there were a lot of people that fought it i don't think people should forget that meanwhile we should not forget about the hunter biden laptop because the new york post was right right before the election what was on there you can say well who cares about the president's son okay he had a problem with drugs he couldn't remember stuff he did some bad things with hookers No, it goes far beyond that, and that's what was reported at the time, Yeah, was that Joe Biden could be involved in this, and the emails certainly point in that direction. And now we have a different story, and it's a big cleanup from the
4: left. Oh, yeah. Well, now that the New York Times and the Washington Post have very recently confirmed the reporting that the Post did a year and a half ago, now it's safe to talk about it. And now uh, Chief of Staff, White House Chief of Staff, Uh, Ron Klain, he was on ABC's This Week, and little George Stephanopoulos asked him, hey, are you confident that Hunter Biden didn't do anything illegal? Hmm.
2: Of course the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. Uh, But most importantly, uh, as I said, that's a matter that's going to be decided by the Justice Department, by the legal process, and something that no one at the White House has involvement in. The Washington Post also reported this week on deals that Hunter Biden had with a Chinese energy company paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter and the president's brother. Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines? (laughs) Uh, George, the president is confident that his uh, family did the right thing. But again, I want to just be really clear. These are actions by uh, Hunter and his brother. They're private matters. They don't involve the president, and they certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in.
3: It's just so scripted, man. Doesn't that just sound like, okay, you know what's coming next, Ron, okay? All right?
2: Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines?
3: <laughs> what do you think he's going to say? And the <laughs> thing about Joel, I said, well, I don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, and Hunter if, could say that, too, because he was wasted.
5: Klein's on TV on Sunday morning. He looks right in the camera and He says, well, you know what? I think he is guilty. Actually, there's a whole lot of smoking guns here <laughs> the president's going to have to answer for. I mean,
4: yeah. Of course. These y'all, are foregone conclusions. Y'all don't even know about that extra bank account.
1: Oh, you have no whoa. idea. When
4: you find out about that, oh, buddy. Yeah.
3: I mean, if you really want to do something now, George, put on Tony Bobolinsky. Put him on. Or the computer guy. Either one. Yeah, he's talking these days. But all of the the Post, the failing New York Times, now ABC, the other networks are going to try and play like, see, we are reporting on this because they have no choice. Yeah. Because the evidence is being right now uh, presented to the grand jury in Delaware. We'll see what happens with that. But let's just say it's tax evasion. What ends up happening? I've heard some people, you know, throw this around. Okay, what, Hunter's already given a million dollars? Like, yeah, I forgot, man, I was wasted. It was a bad part of my life. So he's already paid a million dollars. So what, he just pays more money? maybe make that go away we'll see but it's connecting it to joe who again from the emails was quote the big guy and tony balinski hunter biden's old business partner talked about that that he was getting 10 percent from those deals with ukraine china i think russia too i don't know but for sure those two mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens it's a very interesting now, in a separate story, David, the Washington Post editorial board yeah. said this whole story is an opportunity for a reckoning.
4: Yeah, well, so well, it's kind of interesting because they admit that they completely screwed the pooch on it, but they don't want you to blame them for doing so. Remember, the Washington Post is the same outlet that ran an opinion piece saying that the Hunter Biden laptop, even if it's not Russian disinformation, we should treat it like it is. But now the editorial board, not just one writer, (laughs) the the paper itself, the mouthpiece for the paper, Mm -hmm. says this. The idea that the latest revelations definitively vindicate or villainize any party except Mr. Biden himself is misplaced. Why is confirmation of a story that first surfaced in the fall of 2020 emerging only now? When the New York published, uh, New York Post published its blockbuster exclusive on the contents of a laptop said to have been abandoned at a Delaware repair shop by Hunter Biden, mainstream media organizations balked at running with the same narrative. Social media sites displayed even greater caution. No, it was censorship. You guys totally. got together and didn't want to and you agreed we're not running this story because it could help Trump. Period. Absolutely yet there here's here's their excuse, yet there was a reason in this case for reluctance on the part of the publications and the platforms alike. Both had been the unwitting tools of a Russian influence campaign in twenty sixteen, and it was only prudent to suspect a similar plot lay behind the mysterious appearance of a computer stuffed with juicy documents and conveniently handed over to President Trump's uh, toxic personal attorney Rudy Giuliani. The same people that ran unquestioningly with the P tape are the now whole saying Russian well,
3: disinformation that's been debunked. Yeah. So how do you compare it to that?
4: Uh, it says, well, it makes obvious sense for newspapers to wait to verify okay. information before turning it into a story. <laughs>
3: oh, please, yeah, do the reporting.
4: Yeah, yeah the less Miranda
3: Levine did, you don't right. have anybody on staff.
4: You know that that was the other thing is that it didn't appear to be. Uh, a situation where there was any aggressive reporting attempt. even No one mentioned it. It was just, all right, we're done. We're not doing that. We're not We're not covering this story.
3: It's not even other people reporting, but we can't verify it. They just didn't talk about it. They did it on purpose. By the way, I only played 30 seconds of this montage. Um, it's two minutes long. I'll give you another 30 now, just in small bits. It was CNN. Hunter Biden did nothing wrong right before the election. This is amazing that they put this together uh, regarding the Bidens uh, and and Ukraine and and Joe Biden was carrying out U.S. policy.
0: President Trump wanted dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. Trump's claims about wrongdoing here are unsubstantiated. We have looked; lots of out- outlets have looked. <laughs> Hunter Biden did nothing wrong. Vice President Biden uh, did nothing wrong. And every single media outlet has said that there are no, there's no there there to these allegations, lies, and smears.
3: Because they were all in it together. Read the time magazine piece that came out months later. How there was total collusion to make sure that they would help Biden get elected. It is it's frustrating. Okay. Moving on. Other things. Uh I don't know what's going on with Lucky Charms. I know Robbins, you like Lucky Charms. Did you I see do. the story that it's making some people sick? No. Um symptoms like projectile vomiting. Whoa. From
5: lucky charms? Yes and
3: diarrhea. Nothing lucky about that. Uh, General Mills says it doesn't believe its cereal is the cause of any sort of illnesses, but it's conducting an ongoing review. Oh, man. So I'm like,
4: really? See, I, I just I,
3: had a keeping bowl this weekend.
4: <laughs> I knew something bad was going to happen when they opened up a production facility in Wuhan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. You weren't joking about the Lucky Charms, were you? No. Are no, you still eating them?
5: I have a box. Yeah, I bought a big box a couple of weeks ago.
3: Yeah, part of a heart healthy
5: diet. I know nothing. Well, I mix it with Cheerios.
3: Oh. See, well, so that makes it okay. One cancels the other out, see? <laughs> so I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> okay, news update you don't want to miss. Straight ahead, right here. Robin Show, Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update David Van Camp.
4: Well, a uh, couple of items of interest here. One is that uh, Kamala Harris, the revolving door, or I should say the emergency hatch, continues to be open. Uh, now you've got her deputy chief of staff, Michael Fuchs, is leaving the administration. Uh, and that's what? How many is it now? A dozen people leaving that office? In the first year and change now? I don't ever remember any vice president having that
3: many people leave in that amount of time. It seems crazy. I mean, there are all the reports. It's very difficult to work for, for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But another one. Man. That that was Fuchs? Yes. No joke there, Scott? No, I went
5: to He doesn't give to... A- No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. They've been dealing with that their entire lives.
3: All right. Yep. So I guess it's just, I mean, how often do you have time to interview for the next person? Because it's got to be Kamala that interviews the people, right? Uh, You just don't saddle them, you know, with her without her actually hiring them. Think about how many hours that is just interviewing people. Because for every job, you'd have to interview at least three people, right?
4: Yeah, and that's how many people in that amount of time? I don't know. I mean, I just I think it's funny because they, uh, when when a lot of people were leaving the Trump administration, it yeah, was always chaos in the West Wing. Oh, what does this mean for America? And yet the Republic stood. Weird. Yeah, you know what's on Fuchs career guy? builder.
3: Yeah, you know what the Fuchs guy is actually saying today? No, what's he saying? I ju- just the sneaking suspicion. Yeah.
6: Leader. You think he is? Yeah,
4: yeah. I think so. Well, not until early May, because I, I think that's his Uh-oh. official last day. Okay, so then. I just broke loose.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: right. So as far as saying it today, it's. Not today. Not
1: today.
3: <laughs> okay, I think we're all clear now. Now, the other story that's out there is that shooting in Sacramento. Oh, a
4: terrible story. Uh oh, man. In Sacramento, six people killed in a mass shooting. Ugh. But it sounds like there was gunfire from at least two different parties. And this thing just out in the street. Um, So when you first hear mass shooting,
3: I don't know where your mind goes. I think I'll just admit for me, and I think it's a lot of people, you're thinking one person deranged that just started opening fire on people. This was like some sort of fight.
4: It was like a big fight out in the street outside of a bar or something. And, uh, of course, Joe Biden came out with a statement saying, well, we got to have comprehensive uh, gun reform in this country. We've got to have it's like this happened in California. Some of the strictest gun laws on the books. And he's talking about banning ghost guns. Do we know that ghost guns had anything to do with it? Because I know they recovered one handgun at the scene that was stolen. Yes.
3: Now I can think is we just did the Kamala story, and it was that debate. And Joe was talking about the Second Amendment, and Kamala was talking about taking away everybody's guns. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah like, yeah, we couldn't do that.
6: Well, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe, instead of saying, no, we can't, let's say, yes, we can.
5: <laughs> and thus started the love affair with Vice President Kamala Harris that night. <laughs> the infectious
3: laughter w- wafting through the air. Well, that was after she called him a racist. Yeah. Yes. I think that's how that went down. I don't think that... Particular story is going to be the national conversation on guns cuz it doesn't quite fit the narrative for the left. When you have multiple shooters after a fight. This is the Mark Levin Camp and Robin Show.
7: Are you ready?
3: Okay, don't want to be the bearer of bad news. It's just not looking good financially for most of us for, well, a while. If you're looking into it, reading the different stories, different analysts, it doesn't look great, David.
4: No, and uh, Fox Business is reporting that the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase uh, warned about uh, potentially very, very rocky road ahead in the next year. In his annual shareholder letter, he said that the U.S. economy faces a potential convergence of unprecedented risks in the year ahead that have him preparing for the worst. Okay. You already had a lot of problems with inflation, obviously, and then the war in Ukraine made things a lot worse, and there is always going to be, or there are always going to be, ripples from that, from that conflict. Yeah. Food shortages around the world. Not to mention the oil industry, the oil supply. This is, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Hang on. Yeah.
3: I just heard a report over the weekend talking about the likelihood of another recession. Yeah. I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. You don't want to hear it. You just want to have an idea that it could be coming.
5: There was a meme that was sent to me this weekend. Yeah. We are in the midst of the longest, saddest, most excruciating and unsatisfying, I told you so, in the history of the world.
3: History of the world is pretty strong.
5: It is. I'll agree. It got my attention. Yeah. Okay.
3: But <laughs> it is an excruciating, I told you so. You know, we had the clip earlier, David, from the supermarket chain owner. Yeah. That had talked about what we could do with energy, with oil. Oh, yeah. Okay. It- Wouldn't that turn at least a good portion of this around? It would.
4: Yeah, I mean, it would. Yeah, he's talking about... He was also on Fox Business talking about how he thinks food prices are probably going to go up by another 10 percent in the next month, which, geez, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they can get any higher, but just wait. Yeah, they can. Uh, and yeah, he was saying, look, we've got essentially we've got these alliances with you know Canada, especially yeah. like let's utilize that partnership and really knock down as many barriers as possible when it comes to oil and gas production. Between our two nations.
3: But what about the green energy?
4: Yeah, that's going to have to take a back seat. Sorry. Yeah, because we're in trouble right now. Absolutely.
3: Meanwhile, we're talking about, you know, the automotive groups having to, what, get cars up to 49 miles per gallon by 2026. Which means just the cost of cars in general, with all the tech that has to go into them, price is going to go through the roof. So any money you save on gas, it's actually going to be backwards for how much you're going to have to pay for a car.
5: I saw but, an ad over the weekend of a truck that's on sale right now, starting at $66,000. I
3: one, went, holy
5: el- crap, man.
3: Was, was it electric?
5: Yeah. Okay. Starting at yeah. $66,000. If you want tires, well, that's 70000 <laughs> I mean, it's insane. <laughs> I and you're promoting that like hey look at look at this deal only 66 grand for a truck
3: Well, again 97 98% of the world runs on fossil fuels that's not going to end anytime soon yeah yeah we got real problems right now and it, you know it shouldn't surprise anybody that it's a supermarket chain owner that thinks about business and the world and economics in a way that makes sense because he's not a lifelong politician like, why don't we do this? This makes business sense.
6: We're gonna burn up the planet. Please
3: slow your roll on that. Listen to your own experts. They're talking about decades, and we'll figure it out.
5: I mean, I talk about skin in the game all the time, but I think it's important uh, that people have skin in the game if you're going to be in charge of a policy. For instance, Pete Buddha edge, edge, the Energy Czar, has he has no skin in the game. One way or oh. another, he didn't care. No, he can just espouse all he wants to
3: the whole green thing it's not a terrible thing if it's really going to help the environment in the end fine but no one wants to talk about mining and how much that's going to cost over time to make all the electric vehicles
5: well not to mention the price of energy going up all over the place well and the dependence on china
3: we could go on with this in circles Let's go to Biden pressuring the attorney general to prosecute Trump.
4: Yeah. Really? uh, Yeah, well, President Biden is reportedly, uh, I guess you could say through common contacts, pressuring the attorney general, Merrick Garland, to be more aggressive with the Capitol riot investigation. Here's what the New York Times reported. uh, As recently as late last year, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former president Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. Okay. 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 I thought that was a danger to democracy when Donald Trump would talk about uh, prosecutions for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. That, wasn't that like the most dangerous thing that's ever been said? At that time,
3: it was, yes.
4: Yeah, he has said privately, Joe Biden has, that he wanted Mr. Garland to act less like a ponderous judge and more like a prosecutor who's willing to take decisive action.
7: My, uh The guy who runs that outfit over there. It was
1: a Garland. Yeah, yeah whatever.
4: <laughs> well, did you hear he, him during his confirmation, during the confirmation process? Yeah, I mean, Merrick Garland is a, uh, Ponderous is putting it very nicely.
3: Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, as more of the Hunter Biden laptop story comes out, especially if there's an indictment, think about how much we're going to hear about Trump on January 6th. Oh, that's that's when that story will blow up.
4: Well, that, that that's why somebody from the committee that's investigating the Capitol riot, uh, that's why they were leaking to the press this, like, seven-hour gap in phone records or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't even talk about it because it's, no. it's one of those stories that you read it and you know it's fake news. You look at it and you're like, this isn't even worth my time. And then several days later... <laughs> CNN, of all places, comes out and says, oh, yeah, by the way, there wasn't actually a gap in the logs. They were probably just using cell phones because that's quicker than using the switchboard at the White House. But they made this huge deal out of this idea that something like Watergate was going on. They were deleting records. They were blocking public information. Oh, this is terrible. There was a coup underway. And then they come back a few days later and sheepishly admit, oh, yeah, by the way, we got fed a line. By Adam Schiff or whoever it was that leaked that.
7: Yes. Yeah. No one said that. Who said that? (laughs) There
3: are plenty of people that said that. Mm -hmm. It it was a coup. What else could you call it? You know what? It was just repeated again. I'm not even joking. Joy Reid repeated that in that interview with Kamala. I don't know if you heard that part. I did not. Oh, It's a beauty. Roll it.
0: Let's talk about our democracy here, because we're struggling with our democracy as well. Um, As we all know, there was an insurrection, an attempted coup. I don't think there's any other way to describe it that took place last year. Well, sure there
3: is. (laughs) There's a million different ways to describe it. What? Again, I think what they're saying is Chewbacca guy almost became president that day. That was the plan.
4: That's that true. must be it, right? Yeah, it's a little-known passage in the Federalist Papers that say that if a man wearing animal skins on his head mm-hmm. uh, manages to take over the House chambers, then he is, in fact, not only president, but the emperor of the United States forever yeah! and always. I think he likes that, except he's going to be in jail for a while.
3: Um Joe, by the way, while we're on the subject of Joe Biden, he got a little confused again. Did he think that Jill was vice president?
4: Or, or Michelle was Obama was Michelle vice, president. Obama I'm not, was vice yeah. president. Yeah. So, yeah, he's talking about his wife and, and the former first lady, Michelle Obama. Uh, yeah. And he had another senility attack over the weekend.
7: Well, And I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as first lady with joining forces initiative. She started with Michelle Obama when she was vice president yeah. and now carries on.
3: Okay, so with Michelle Obama, Jill is carrying on, or Michelle Obama's carrying on, and who was the vice president?
4: Uh, I assume he meant Michelle Obama was the vice president. Was the vice president. She's carrying on the work
3: of the
5: vice president.
3: Okay. Michelle Obama. I was just trying to make a point. I think he could be meaning that to be Jill, too. Either one. That's possible. He was the vice president. I'm trying to hear it again. I'm trying to speak Biden, and, and... Van camp has got the market cornered on it. He invented the Josetta Stone. That might be worth And worthwhile.
7: I want to know... And I'm deeply proud of the work she's doing as First Lady she is. with... Jill. And
3: that's Jill. That's Jill. Okay.
7: Joining Forces Initiative. She started with Michelle Obama when she was Vice President and now carries on. I see what you mean now. Yeah. So
3: she started it.
5: She's, so Jill is the Vice President.
3: If she was. She
7: started and, and that. And was the
5: was, Vice
3: President. Or it could be Michelle was the Vice yeah, President.
4: I, it, it's all about who... That that pronoun is referring to
3: exactly. Mm. You're probably right, David. Well, I've been in this game for a long time. You know, I,
4: <laughs> you know, I don't quite know. You know, I, was, um, I, I, I come just come on, man. I, I just read a, a, a deep dive into the history of the Dead Sea Scrolls and ancient Hebrew literature. Yes. And one of the problems that w- that translators have run into is that there aren't traditional punctuation markings. In ancient Hebrew, right? So you have, you know, little uh, for all intents and purposes like apostrophes and whatever to figure out where the the emphasis is, right? So maybe we actually just need some of those scholars to help enhance my Josetta Stone technology because it's very confusing. Just change the name to the Dead Brain Scrolls. There you
3: go. Okay. Yeah. So it's somehow with history and okay. No okay. one not done it.
7: The history books will note it. Oh, see?
3: Yeah. He's already on it. That was Na, the Na-tana. Na-tana. Na-tana, Natana. Natana was actually a right.
4: loan word from the language of the Babylonians. I don't know if you knew that, but so you won't find that in, in, in traditional writings. Should be a holiday. Natana. Na-tana. Na-tana. <laughs> we, we, Do we you have the bass on Natana?
3: <laughs> yes. All I know is if I was a catcher. And a guy tried to steal, and I gunned him down. Uh-huh. I had to shake my finger and say, not to not.
7: <laughs> not to not. <laughs> get you some. No one, not to not, not. The history not books will not. note it. That's right. Oh,
3: what man. happened in Chicago? Armed robbers gave oh, a victim my. a what?
4: Oh, my gosh. This is an incredible story. I don't know if we have time to flesh this out. All right, let's get I to I love this story then. so much.
3: Okay. All right. I want to hear that whole story. Something about giving a victim a switchblade? Yeah. Yeah, need to get to that. And Sarah Palin get back in the political game. Get to that as well. This is the Martin Van Camp and Robert Chubb. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Tara Palin announced she's running for Congress in Alaska. You know what I want to know more than anything else from our friends in Alaska? Are you happy or would you like to see a fresh face? I'm just curious. A lot of friends in Alaska. Yeah, hit Robbins up on Facebook if you have a minute. I'm guessing there was
5: some polling done and it shows her doing well before she made the announcement.
3: Not always the case. She
5: would choose to run. I don't know. Trump endorsed her, and I guess that's a big deal.
3: Yeah. Carry something. You're always curious, though. Yeah. Because someone that's been in the national spotlight, and there are times where I don't want to say wore out their welcome, but sometimes people want a fresher face. I'm not saying it's the case. I'm just curious. That's it. Okay. We mentioned this story out of Chicago.
4: Yeah. CWB Chicago has this crazy story. Things are going very well in the city of Chicago, obviously. Oh, boy. A group of armed men robbed someone on a train. The victim's alone on the train. Three guys get on, pointed a gun at the victim, and then ripped the guy off. They go through his bag. They go through his pockets and everything. But here's the crazy part. As they were getting off the train at the next stop, one of the suspects handed the victim a switchblade and recommended the victim use the knife to protect himself to avoid being robbed again.
5: Wow! Isn't that something?
4: Well, I mean, there's something kind of nice about it. That's that Midwestern hospitality, right? That's <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, we're gonna, yeah, rob, gonna you. rob you, but I don't want to see it happen to you again. Right here, protect yourself! From crying out loud! <laughs> wow!
5: It's hoping for some reprieve in the afterlife. You think that's what that is? Yeah, I did that, but listen, here's what I I mean. It's a wash. I gave the guy a knife. He'd protect himself again, right?
3: These things go through your mind a lot, don't they, Ryles? I do. I really do. You're like, does this mean I'm not going to. Was one outweigh the other? Go? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, did you see where the uh, U.S. authorities seized another massive yacht owned by a Russian oligarch? How did they do that? Like pirates? Do they jump on board from another ship? Well, it's in Spain. It's. You know, it's not like you're going to get any complaints. Uh, Russian oligarch, we're trying to put the hurt on these people. Yeah, take it. Sure. I mean, the guy's got
5: knives in their mouth when they jump on board.
3: <laughs> I don't think that's quite what it is. That's a picture I have in my mind.
1: Arr, give
5: me
3: your ship! Oligarchy! <laughs> 54-foot, $120 million vessel. Belonging to 64-year-old billionaire Victor Veckelsberg. Close ally of Putin's. Also, his assets have been frozen as part of the economic sanctions against Russia. Okay, we've never really been told about what all the sanctions are that we have in place right now, but we're always threatening more. Yeah. Like, we're talking even more sanctions. Is that really going to have an effect on anything? I guess we already know the
4: answer to this. Like, at this point, can it? I don't know. I mean, the ruble is kind of bouncing back. I mean, it's, it's very volatile, obviously, but... It didn't completely get wiped out.
3: Well, we knew from all of the president's staff that it was actually meant to deter Putin from ever going into Ukraine.
4: But then they the just. Sanctions. But no, no, no. Because they're saying, like, as of last week, no, no one ever said that sanctions were meant to deter.
3: Actually, only Biden said that, as right. far as I know. Biden said, no. That was never it. No. Sanctions never deter. You do it to hurt. Okay, or, or still don't know exactly what that means. Also making news, a lottery winner trashed her ticket. Did you see that in Virginia? Oh, no, God. Mary Elliott won the cash five drawing, so that's hundred and ten grand. But she had thrown her ticket in the trash. Oh. That's another one of Robbins' fears. Yes. Said she couldn't stop shaking. And then she's like, i got to dig through the trash. So she's digging all over the place. Finally pulls it out. Coffee stained on the ticket. Well, it's still the ticket, right? But the barcode wouldn't scan it. Oh, boy. Can't get the money. Ugh. Only kid. They confirmed it was hers. They're going to let her take the prize.
5: Oh, that was another one of your April Fool's jokes, Just huh? a little,
3: mm-hmm. little <laughs> yeah. late on that one, but yes, no. $110,000. Man. Would you call that life changing money?
4: Yes, you would. Absolutely, one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Okay. Oh yeah, I mean, that's It Used to be,
3: uh, it was a higher price for that. But
4: yeah, it seems like it for a I lot. I'd like of to people. have a little more just to completely wreck it.
3: This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. How much do you need, Robins, to wreck it? I don't know. I
5: think I think if I had five hundred thousand dollars, I could wreck it. Two hundred is not enough. I don't know. I, not to completely wreck it.
3: Okay, what would it take to wreck it? Then? I think about 500000 And why that much more money? Because... Are you talking like benders? Y- or are you talking about gambling? Uh, and how are you going I to go down I in flames? Gambling, um,
5: Just bad decisions all over. Buying too much property and cars and Got it. hiring
3: a band to play in my backyard. Got it. Oh, by the way, speaking of gambling, you owe me another five on Duke losing the other night. Oh, geez. Did you forget making that bet? I did, actually. Yeah. you going to go double or nothing on tonight? Yes. You got your big three stories of the day? You got your big three? Three top stories. Scott Robbins, Trifecta, next. van camp and Robert show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins news update david van camp
4: uh the president is doing a ceremony talking about the supply chain they got a big semi truck uh parked there on the south lawn uh it's not electric by the way hmm. what i thought i thought we were in a crisis mode joe <laughs> and he <laughs> uh and he was talking about uh getting truckers more money I guess that is after you fire the people who wouldn't get the vaccine? Correct. Okay. Um, Anyway, he started to also tell a story about uh, veterans and the effort from the trucking industry to get veterans their licenses so that they can be commercial truck drivers. Okay. And it takes a wild turn. I could tell you for sure. This is a I long clip. I'll stop and start whenever you want. But he starts talking about veterans, and then it, he, I'll just play it. Here we if go. If you can handle okay.
7: a tank, if you can handle an armored personnel carrier, you sure in hell can handle one of these suckers. And an awful lot of well-known people also. The idea, I remember, I'm going to d- d- digress for one second. second. I, uh, I got a commercial license because my dad used to run an automobile agency. And I used to have to go up to the body shop up in Philadelphia from Wilmington, and when they'd order a, a trailer or a cab, I just they'd sell the cab, and so I had to have a license to be able to drive it up and back. And so during the trucker strike years later, when I was a young senator, I was a, there was a guy who uh, ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio. <laughs> okay,
3: okay, and a quick uh, timeout, just a quick one. Um, <laughs> Good lord. You were rolling your eyes like crazy, Scott. Is this like someone's telling a story and you're like, okay, get to it? Dude, you know it. We've been we've been in these situations before. We just look at him and go, is there an end in sight? I know. But all of this checks out. All of this is true from before. Okay. Yeah, good.
4: Uh, no. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, I don't, he says he used to drive a truck. He was a truck driver, and it's, he was never a truck driver. So why does he keep going back to that? I, I don't know. I have well, probably because he used to lie about it all the time, and now he is senile and just believes it was true. he probably does believe all of this is one hundred percent true oh, uh, mackerel uh, remember again, he was talking specifically about veterans in trucking, yes, when this started
7: and okay. uh, so I decided to ride out with him, see what it was like on the strike, and I was driving going through Shiloh, Ohio, and uh and he he was his handle was big ten. And remember, everybody, all the truck stops were being blockaded at the time, and during the strike. And he uh, he called. And he said, "Big Ten wanting to come in." I forget exactly how he said it. And the and the only woman truck driver ever knew I met that day, she said, "This is Big Mama. No room." <laughs> Swear to God, true story. Swear to God. He said, he said, "I've got a United States senator driving my truck." She said, "I got the damn president in mine. So what?" <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was a very powerful guy. Anyway.
5: What are we talking about? I don't, I, I, I don't If somebody asked me to say, what did he just say, retell the story? Like, you know, somebody tells you a story like it goes telephone.
3: Yes. You have to retell it,
5: retell it. I can't.
3: Was that the uncomfortable laughter at something that wasn't that funny in the end? I thought the same thing, like an applause light went off. Like, or yeah,
5: a laughter light uh, went okay. Off. Yeah.
4: That's them applauding just because he didn't poop himself. <laughs>
3: Okay, so the bar is low, isn't it? And the point of that story is again, veterans driving trucks. Yeah. And so he used to drive a truck, but he didn't. And then he was driving as a senator with someone just to see what was going on, and he was Big Ten and Big Mama said, You not coming through here or something to yeah. that? Maybe that's one of those stories that just needs some music behind it, and then it would have been great. <laughs> you know, we go on to do what they say can't
6: be done.
3: No, that doesn't help. Nope. Wow. That'd try. Thank you for that news update, David.
4: Oh, by the way, you My brain know it's frozen.
1: Yeah, R. Yeah,
3: I. P. Yeah, I yeah, I was just gonna say that.
5: Rest in peace, C. W. McCall.
1: Yeah. Uh
3: by the way, the supply chain, that... Crisis never happened. If I remember Joe saying that before, isn't that what he had said before?
7: I think. brought together business and labor leaders to solve problems. And much, uh, you know, the much predicted uh, crisis didn't occur.
3: Uh, no, it did. Mm-hmm. It's
4: still it's, happening.
3: It, yes, it's still going on. But it's
4: okay because Big Mama was <laughs> at the wheel in 1975 <laughs> or something.
3: You ready for your big three stories of the day, Rob? I don't know. I guess. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready?
1: One, two, it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley, Van Camp and Robbins Show. Okay.
3: Got stop three stories helped by his hero. I'm KC Casey Kasem. From his
4: top 40 days and even today. And I think Casey's ready? I'm ready. Yes, he is. <laughs> three. Big mama, is that the wheel? No. Uh, new York City is following the science by masking children, and they're going to yeah. do that.
5: Yeah. yeah. On, on Friday, the new New York City mayor, you know, that was the guy who was going to be well, he's going to be different. Uh, he announced a major announcement. Children ages two to four will continue. To be forcibly masked in daycares and preschools. This is insanity. That's right. Every decision I make, said Eric Adams, is with our children's health and safety in mind. Children between two and four should continue to wear their masks come Monday and indefinitely.
3: So he doesn't follow the science on that one. No. Where it does more harm than good for a kid that age.
5: Mask up those tiny tots.
3: Gosh, it's no wonder people are leaving in droves. Well, it's almost like this is a joke, like
5: this is happening, this is still happening? I guess so, man, I guess so. We're getting
3: closer and closer to
5: number one.
4: Wow. Two. Uh, Shannon Sharp has weighed in on gas prices.
5: Shannon Sharp, yeah, you know, Shannon Sharp's worth $14 million, by the way, just for the record, before I get into the story.
4: He's uh, a he sports tweeted, guy,
5: right? I mean, yeah, well, he's a sports guy, and he's He's on of, with Skip Bayless. Skip. Skip, yeah. that's him.
3: When, when you skip, like to do the Shannon I do because impersonation. When, yeah. when he's
5: upset with Skip Bayless, he'll do the skip, skip. <laughs> he started tweeting about how upset he was paying so much for gas. Shannon tweeted out, anyone knows someone hiring that owns a gas station? Do you get a discount if you work at one? Do people still siphon off gas? It was a thing when I was growing up said Shannon, and then came the report. Gee, Shannon, do you still hate Donald Trump? Shannon Sharp said, I'd pay 20 bucks a gallon rather than have Trump in office. Hope that answers your question. So the guy with $14 million who has zero skin in this game thinks it's okay to pay $20 a gallon for gas as long as you continue to hate Donald Trump. Well, People who can't afford to get work or to feed their families because of rising fuel costs, well, screw you. Well, thing is,
3: Shannon, then don't gripe about it. This is what you get. Yeah. That's your guy. So I'd pay 20 not to have. Right, yeah. So, then why, why are you griping? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense.
7: Now, on with the countdown. Skip
3: Bayless
5: apparently didn't like it either, to which Shannon retorted,
4: skip, skip. <laughs> and finally one uh mexico is moving to cut off cheap gas because americans keep crossing the border to get it
5: this is so what? funny isn't it yeah uh, our southern neighbor not happy bunch of americans are crossing the border and getting their cheap gas at their mexican gas stations
3: that's a good number one story that's crazy isn't that funny yes
5: um so the notion of americans uh fleeing biden's america for mexico in search of affordable gas, prompting some of their authorities to rise to the threat of gas shortages, and they're saying they're discounting subsidies that Americans are taking advantage of, which brings kind of an ironic smile to my face as I read that. Well, it's, it's funny how they won't do that anymore.
4: Well, this is how Mexico pays for the wall, right? <laughs> this, is, this is it. You're, you're trying to take our cheap That's gas. Right. We're going to have gas shortages. which is going to drive up the cost of gas. Hey people in California, you voted for this mess. Stay there. That it is it is really something though. I mean, straight-faced. Sorry,
5: can't help you.
3: Meanwhile, if you've heard the reports, um after what is it? Title 42's gone. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be looking at like hundreds of thousands per week of people flooding through the southern border. Oh yeah
4: a conservative estimate is like 18,000 a day. A day. That's not sustainable. No, it's not. That is that's an all-out invasion.
3: Yes. I mean there's still secret flights going to parts all over the United States with people people here illegally. And there's no plan to make it stop. How does this even happen? And I saw a See, story. that's a
5: great question. How do you, how As how just the an world? American
3: citizen, you ask yourself, how is this allowed to happen? It's illegal. We're not enforcing the law. I and I know there are different people, you know, on the right said, well, you could impeach the president for this. Yeah. Because it's willful as far as not enforcing the law. Which seems to make sense, but people are frustrated and feel powerless because there's nothing you can do about it. Not to mention, border control all throughout the southern states where people are coming across. I mean, you've seen the stories, David. Oh. Th- these people are out of their minds.
4: Yeah, I saw an interview with somebody who, you know, talks about how their their spouse and their significant other, they don't leave the house. Um without a gun, even to just go play out in the yard with the kids because the crime is so rampant, because there is a criminal element that's in there. It's not all, you know, starry eyed kids, you know, just looking for a better opportunity. There's a lot of bad dudes showing up there, breaking into houses, uh, you know, taking resources from American citizens.
3: Well, you're also hearing the stories of the cartels that are targeting different people that are part of border control. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. And, you know, what, we got a vice president still worried about root causes or trying to figure that out? It's insanity. Very frustrating. They're not doing a damn thing. No. And there you have it. Well, oh, thank you. Yes, and thank oh, you as always welcome. for the trifecta. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to get the Nimrods in the news. There's a few doozies today. Man, can you imagine getting a brand-new Ferrari? Uh, a few minutes later, it was all sad. Oh, That's part of Nimrods. And a news update straight ahead right here. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update. You know who Joe Biden considers the most dangerous man in the world? Uh, Vladimir Putin. I think that's probably a good guess. For yeah.
7: God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Actually, maybe he was
3: referencing... Rupert Murdoch, when he said that, because that's who Biden considers to be the most dangerous man in the world. Rupert Murdoch? Yes. Oh, that's according to new reporting in a forthcoming book by a team of failing New York Times reporters. The book is called This Will Not Pass by journalists Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns. This about Joe Biden? The book? Yes.
7: Oh, geez.
3: Yeah. Um, And Biden in the book... Says that Rupert Murdoch, owner of Fox News, is one of the most destructive forces in the United States, or that Fox News is, and that Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world. Got it? People are mentally ill. Well, the book describes Fox as a torrent of anti Biden programming, stoking skepticism about vaccines and disseminating wild conspiracy theories about the January 6th attack. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Cracks me up. I'm sorry, y'all. Every single journalist who covers Washington D.C. has lost their right to call anybody a conspiracy theorist after four years of p-tape with Donald Trump. Yeah, Russian collusion. Yeah, you're not you're not with allowed Trump. you're not allowed to point fingers anymore.
3: Golly, yeah. It, it just goes on and on. Yeah, Fox's leading primetime host. Um, has talked about Biden being mentally
4: unfit to serve as president. He is mentally unfit to serve as president.
3: Yes, it's like you're you're accusing Fox of like stoking all these rumors. No, you poll the American people. they'll tell you the dude's not mentally fit. Listen to him. <laughs> L- listen. I mean, all
5: you have to do is listen for any time any length of time at all. Just listen. There is something going on
3: or not going on. Yeah, and uh, the way this story reads from the hill is Good really Lord. something too, man. As it goes on, seriously, it says Biden in January infamously was caught on a hot mic chiding Peter Ducey, one of Fox's correspondents, calling him a stupid son of a. Perp, after Ducey had asked a question about inflation. <laughs> well, yes, with a
7: stupid son.
3: Of a I know. Yeah. Like, does that prove something? That oh, see, yeah, Biden's with it. I don't even know what that is supposed to mean. Again, uh, of course, that's media. Most people understand. Joe is not quite all the way with it. All right,
1: let's get the Nimrods. Roll it out. Do it when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods and the news. Man,
3: it was a dream for a lot of people, but this guy in England, for him it was a reality. Brand new red Ferrari. Got it on Friday. Sweet. Yep. You know how many miles he got when he crashed it? Take a guess. Closest two wins.
4: One. David? Uh, Two.
3: Two on the number. David Van Gam. Yes. Uh, luckily for him, he wasn't injured. No other vehicles involved, uh, but the whole front end bashed in. It crashed it.
5: Oh, well, this thing's got some pop, man. You, you get behind the wheel of that thing.
3: Yeah, he lost it, though. Got it popped. ran into, yeah. a, into a guardrail. Yeah, Crazy. too fast, I'm sure. Yeah. Speaking of driving, 54-year-old guy, Gregory Sorensen, uh, he was pulled over, arrested the other day. DUI, not cool. Um, he was driving an interesting vehicle. It wasn't a Ferrari. It was a student driver car. Oh, Had no. the decals on and everything. No. He's a driving instructor. Oh, oh geez. Oh, yeah. Failed the sobriety test. Um, blood alcohol content nearly three times the legal limit in Florida. Nerve-wracking gig. I get it. I wonder if he's fired right away or if there has to be an investigation <laughs> on that <laughs> one. But yeah. We're committed to having a full investigation to find out what really happened.
4: And that's Nimrods of the News.